Good evening. We're glad that you are here tonight. We're actually wrapping up a series we've been in called Faith, Hope, and Love. And tonight I want to talk about God's amazing, incredible love for each one of us. Well, I've got three kids. Uh, Joshua is my oldest, and he's in here somewhere tonight, I think. And there he is. Hey, buddy. My son Joshua loves animals. He really, really loves animals, and he is nodding his head yes. You know, I'm probably to blame for this because from about the time Joshua was one until he was about three or four, I took him to the zoo every single Monday. Every Monday, because we lived in Wisconsin and the zoo was free. And Mondays were my day with Joshua, and so we'd go to the zoo. And so early on, he kind of got indoctrinated with this kind of animals. Uh, and so he loves animals. And I made the mistake uh, a couple weeks ago of telling him that certain animals are going extinct, like giraffes and that all the uh, coral reefs are going extinct. So now, pretty much every night, we have to pray for the animals going extinct and the coral reefs and all this stuff because Joshua loves animals. That's what he loves. I think each one of us, we have different things that we love and things that maybe we don't love as much. Uh, quick show of hands. How many of you love country music? Not many. Nice. How many of you despise country music? All right. It's a lot of ambivalence about country music. How about coffee? I love coffee. How many of you would say that? Yeah. Nice. All right. How many of you, like, no way, coffee tastes disgusting? Not about half and half. That's crazy. Uh, how's a good joke? Half and half. Uh, that was bad. Um, I mean, anyways, everyone say hi to Katie. She's painting for us back here. Um, it's just, she's going to be painting during the service, and uh, it's a cool thing we're going to do. And, uh, but I keep expecting her to, like, do a rim shot when I say a bad joke. Um, but she's just painting. Uh, how many of you guys love camping? Camping? Yeah, how many of you are like, my idea of camping is checking into a hotel that has a nice concierge? Yeah, okay, I know there's a few of you out there. That's right. And then I didn't know this was controversial growing up because I was raised this way, this next one, and it was just normal to me. But I found out that actually this is incredibly controversial, and I didn't know this. How many of you love, like me, pineapple on your pizza? Yeah, that's right. How many of you say... No, fruit has no place on a pizza. All right, yeah. I didn't realize that that was like the minority opinion. Uh, well, there's something foundational that we need to understand when we talk about God and love. And that's that love is not only what God does, but love is who God is. Love isn't just what he does, but love is who God is. In 1 John 4, 7 through 11, the verses will be up here. You can also follow along in your Bible if you want, but it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Uh, if you grew up in a tradition, maybe NIV or King James, you're like, what is a propitiation? Uh, it means basically he's our substitute. Uh, it goes back to the Old Testament idea that when the people of God sinned, they would take a lamb to be the propitiation for their sin. They'd lay hands on that lamb. He would absorb their sins, basically, and then they would sacrifice that lamb. 
And now John is telling us that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, that he has become the substitute, that he is standing in place of us and our sin because God loves us, because God loves us. And this week I've been thinking a lot about God's love for each and every one of us and how that love was shown on the cross. Today's Good Friday. It's a time when we really focus on that terrible, awful act of our Savior Jesus being crucified. But we say it's Good Friday because through that terrible, awful act, you and I have the right, the privilege, the possibility of being made right with God and becoming co-heirs with Christ and being welcomed into God's family. And there are just three things I wanted to share tonight as we reflect on God's love through the cross. Number one, we see that love serves. Love serves. We've been working our way through the book of Luke this year, and in Luke 22, verse 24 through 27, we're going to read how love serves. But this particular passage is mind-boggling to me because right before this, Jesus is sitting down at his last meal. Last night was Maundy Thursday, and um, some traditions, they celebrate it more than others, but Maundy Thursday is a time when we remember Jesus' last meal with his closest friends. And I was thinking about that, that if I knew that I was going to die and I had one last meal, I definitely would not celebrate that meal. I would not eat with someone I knew was going to betray me. But that's what love does. Love welcomes even their enemies to the table and says, come, sit and dine. That's what love does. And right after this final meal where Jesus shares about, and we're going to read in a little bit actually, about uh, his body and his blood is shed for them as a symbol of his love, right after he's explaining what this all means, here's what happens. Right after that, a dispute also arose among them. They're sitting at the last table. As to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. Like, oh my word, three years, and they're still arguing. Who is going to be the greatest? The last meal with Jesus. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as one who serves. See, love serves. Love says, I'm here to serve you. And that's what Jesus said. I'm here to serve others, not to come as a king, but he came as a savior to serve others us. And we see that all throughout the Gospels, the biographies of Jesus, where he's making his way to small towns. Last week, we talked about how Jesus went out of his way, 20 miles out of his way, to find this widow whose only son had died. And then he raises that son back to life and gives him back to his mom. The love steps into brokenness and and lost causes and serves. That's what Jesus does. At this last meal, Jesus served his disciples by washing their feet. See, when they went to sit down, it was custom that the lowest among them would wash everyone's feet because you've been walking in open-toed sandals, through 
roads and there's like dirt and mud and animal dung. And so everyone's kind of like, ah, oh, who's going to wash, you know, so everyone's feet? It's like there's no servants here. And they're all kind of looking around. And I just always picture Jesus kind of shaking his head like, you still don't get it yet. And he puts a towel on and he washes all their feet. Jesus serves his disciples in that way. Another example that I wanted to point out of love serving, and this one to me is just mind-boggling. In John chapter 19, verse 25 through 27, Jesus is on the cross, and he still is serving. Verse 25, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, which is John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus is on the cross. And he embodies this attitude of serving so much that he looks down and he sees his mom. And he says, I got to take care of you. And out of all his followers, there's only one that was there. That was John. And so he turns to John and says, take care of my mom. Wow. If I was hanging on the cross, I love my mom, but I don't think I'd be thinking about her. I'd be like in agony. Sorry, mom. You know, I'd just be trying to like hold on. That's how we are, all right? When we're going through a tough situation, when life is hard, we just think about ourselves. That's, that's what I do. And we look inward and be like, man, why am I on this cross? What is going on? I just got to get through this. And yet Jesus, while he's doing his mission, while he's there for the reason that he has come to earth to die on the cross for our sins, he is still serving. He's still looking for ways to love and to serve because love serves. And Jesus looks at his mom, says, here's your new son. That is amazing. Love serves. Number two, love forgives. Luke 23, verse 32. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Again, this is amazing. Jesus is on the cross. And if I was in Jesus' shoes, I'd be like, you know what, God? Strike him down. Like, this, no, this, this is terrible. And yet Jesus is saying, you know what? They don't get it. Father, forgive them. Because love forgives. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you come from, what has been done to you. You can find forgiveness because love forgives. Even on the cross, when Jesus was focused on his mission, he's serving, he's forgiving, he's asking for the Father to forgive those that have put him on that cross because love forgives. There's nothing that you have done that Jesus can't forgive. 
There's absolutely nothing that you have done that Jesus can't forgive. There's no sin too big, no shame too great that Jesus can't forgive. And number three, love welcomes. Love welcomes. Reading on in verse 39, one of the criminals who was hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Even on the cross at the very end, one of the thieves next to Jesus says, I'm a sinner. I deserve this punishment. And in that moment, he reaches out in faith to Jesus. And Jesus welcomes him into his family, into his kingdom. Because love welcomes. Whatever you have done, whatever your past is, love says you are welcome. See, this man acknowledges that he is guilty. And that's the first step. Saying, I'm a sinner. I deserve this punishment. But Jesus took it for us. And when we acknowledge our sin, and we put our faith and trust in Jesus, the Bible says that we will be saved and we will be welcomed into God's family, into his house. The problem is... (laughs) See, this man who was crucified along with Jesus, he was in his last breaths. He just had a few more moments. And when Jesus welcomed into his family, he died and he went to heaven. But see, for you and I, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, it's not like that. It's not like we trust in Jesus and then, boop, we get, you know, float up to heaven. Instead, we have this kind of tension of of living in the here and now. We're living in this middle part. And I've been really reflecting on that, the in-between. Life in the middle. See, as a follower of Jesus, I'm not who I was. I've been saved, I've been forgiven. But I also know that I am not yet like Jesus, you know, able to forgive my enemies Easily, I have a tendency to hold on to things. I'm not able to serve the way I should. I'm not able to just welcome everyone the way I am. So I'm not like Jesus yet. I'm still in this process. But I'm also not who I was. And I'm somewhere in between. And that's where each of us, we find ourselves. And I think what we need to do is embrace that and come to Jesus to be our strength. See, it's really easy, I think, to look back on, on how far Jesus has brought us and say, that was all God's grace, but now, now i got to work really hard to be like Jesus instead of trusting that Jesus and his grace is going to be with us to give us the strength to continue growing in love and being more and more like Jesus. I'm going to invite the band to come on up. And we're going to do something uh, a little different than normal. Uh, you have those yellow... Uh, sticky notes. 
And uh, the band's going to play a song. And I encourage you, just grab that. And I'm going to invite you to go to the cross. Because here's what I know. I'm not who I'm supposed to be yet. I'm not who I was. I'm somewhere in this middle. And that's where Jesus was. He was in between these two thieves in the middle. And that's where grace is found. And I want to invite you, maybe there's something in your life you need to give to Jesus. You need to give over to him. Maybe it's a fear or an anxiety or a worry about your future or something out of your control. And you've been holding on to this. You've been worrying about this. And you say, you know what? I'm going to give this over to Jesus. Maybe there's a sin in your life that you need love to forgive you. And you want to bring that to the cross and say, Jesus, I'm giving this sin to you. I'm confessing it to you. Maybe there's just something you need to receive from Jesus. And so you want to write in that, Jesus, I really need some peace in my life. The band's going to play this song. It's a newer song. And uh, anytime during this song, I want invite you to get up and go to the cross. And you can put that sticky note on the cross, around the cross. If you have kids with you, I'd love for this to be kind of, uh, as much as you're comfortable, kind of a family thing even. Like, as a family, maybe we're going through a transition. Maybe a move. Maybe it's something else. Maybe a job change. Uh, Maybe just whatever it might be. And uh, kind of do it as a family or individually. And then after the song, we'll move into a time of communion. And uh, we'll receive communion together. I'm going to pray. And then Matt's going to teach us this new song. And then we're going to go to the cross. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. That you showed your great love for us by sending your only son, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. We thank you for how Jesus modeled love by serving, by forgiving, and welcoming us. So God, now, As we go to the cross, I ask that we could give our sin, our shame, our guilt, our worries, our fears, our anxieties about the future over to you. And then God, you would fill us with your love, fill us with your peace, fill us with your joy, fill us with your hope. In your name we pray.